In Matthew 24, okay, let the paradigm shifts begin. <laughs> if not, it's already happening already. Amen? Look at this. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all. And then the end. Amen. There are many signs of the coming, of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Many signs. We have false Christs who will say, I am the Christ. There are wars and rumors of wars in Matthew 24. There are famines. There are pestilence. Look at what's happening in Houston, Texas. It's just saying, soon, 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 Jesus is coming soon. And then you have persecutions, you have earthquakes. Who had persecutions? Don't raise up your hands. We have <laughs> Oops. Uh, earthquakes, pestilences, false prophets, lawlessness. Is there lawlessness in the land? Amen. So it's just saying we're at the end of the end. It's just saying Jesus is coming soon. But if you notice, if you hear, if you read the whole chapter in Matthew 24, the question was, what is the sign of your coming? And after Jesus enumerating all the signs of the last days, then he said, Verse 14. He said, this is the sign that you will know that I will soon come. And what's the sign? This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. That's the sign of his coming. So the sign of God's coming is not a negative one. The sign of God's coming is a positive one. It's when an army will be raised up and they will start marching through the land and preaching and teaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. That's the sign of His coming. That means, that means the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is dependent, hinged on the church. Let that sink in for a moment. Because we've been praying, Lord, come. The coming of the Lord Jesus is really dependent on the preaching and the teaching of the gospel. It is not dependent on God. It's dependent on the church. Amen? This mindset, okay? Are you ready for a paradigm shift? <laughs> this mindset of us waiting on God must be changed to God is waiting on us. Is there an amen? Amen. You know what amen means? I know you're all Christians. Already. What's amen? Let it be so. 
If you agree with me, say amen. amen. You're saying, let it be so, Lord. Let it be so, Lord. Let it happen to me, Lord. Let there be a paradigm shift. No longer will I wait on you, Lord. I will ask you, yes, Lord, what do you want me to do? Amen. Yes, Lord, I'm listening. What do you want me? What do you what what do you have for me today? Because revival will not come from heaven. Revival will come through the church. We must first be revived ourselves. We must go back to our first love and be on fire again. We must come to Him afresh every day. It's like just getting born again, again and again. And hear our lover and hear Him talk to us and say, Lord, what do you want? We need a paradigm shift if the gospel is going to go out into the world. Another paradigm shift. What's the original? I already shared this, but the Lord reminded me to share it again tonight. What's the original meaning of the word gospel? What are we to preach? What are we to teach? Understanding the full meaning of it, having a revelation of it, you will begin to walk in it before even you preach it. I'll say it again. When you have a revelation of something, you are able to live it out. That's when the gospel, the word becomes flesh. That's when you understand it because you're walking in it. That's when you're now experiencing it so that when you say it, it has so much power. So what is the original meaning of the gospel? Ask any Christian and they will tell you good news, correct? Yes, wonderful voice. Good for preaching. But in Jesus' day, I want to say to you, in Jesus' day, the gospel did not just apply to any good news. It was specific. It was accurate. They understood what it means. Okay? In fact, the gospel, the word, evangelion in Greek, is not a religious term. In fact, it's a military term. The preaching of the gospel is a military command to the Lord's army. Why? Because gospel, the word gospel itself is a military term. This is what it means. When they went out to war and battle, the army would go out to enemy land. 
and fight the war. When the war is completely won, the enemy is completely defeated, they will send out a herald, a runner. He will run all the way back to the city. When the watchman at the gate will see the herald, he will swing open wide the gate and comes in running the herald. And at the top of his voice, very excited, he will shout, Evangelion! Can I shout here? Yes. Gospel! 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 You know what that means? It means total victory over the enemy. So, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is Jesus' total victory over the enemy for your life. Amen. 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 Kind of soft. Amen. 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 That means if God is going to use us for this end time, last day army, we need to be victory minded. Another paradigm shift. Victory minded. You see, my brothers and sisters, there is nothing to be won anymore. Nothing. Jesus Christ won it all for us. Won it all not only for the church, He won it all for the world. The world needs to hear the message, not of thunder and lightning, very, very frightening message, but a message of victory, of love, of hope, because that's why we became Christians anyway. Amen. Yes. When Jesus Christ said, Tetelestai, it is finished. It is not 90% finished. It is not 95% finished. It is not even 99.9% finished. It is 100% total victory over the enemy. Amen. 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 It's getting louder. <laughs> Amen. Amen. No Christian, no theology can ever add to the finished work of Jesus Christ. If somebody added to it, junk it. Amen? Yeah. If somebody said to you, oh yeah, you're just forgiven, you're just, you know, you're just, you're forgiven, yes, you're going to heaven, but you know, you're still human. 
Oh, you will make mistakes. Oh, poor you, you have so many bad back. Let's pray. Let's ask God for mercy. It must have grieved him to ask for something that has already been given. This is supposed to be good news. It's supposed to be good news. That means for every sin, for every sickness, for every burden, for every curse, for every evil work, for every demon, for every problem, for every human predicament on the earth, Jesus Christ solved it all. depression in the presence of God. There is no more burden to carry in the presence of God. Do you know why? Jesus carried them all. Jesus carried them all. All sorrow, all pain, all sickness, all curse, everything that we're ashamed of and everything that was done to us and every hurt and every wound Everything that the enemy has done towards us through people and through circumstances, I want you to know, be set free. It is all crucified at the cross. unbeliever. Do you know why? Because he knows he will bring good news to the unbeliever. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, the message of victory, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. It says there, it says that it is the power of God. It is. Holy Spirit will only confirm the gospel. Amen. 
He will bring healing when he hears the gospel being preached. He will bring deliverance when he hears us saying what Jesus has done at the cross. That's when Holy Spirit comes. Do you remember creation? I love Genesis 1, 1 to 3. I love it because it's not there. I just remember because in Genesis 1, 1 to 3, that's the standard operating procedure of God himself, the Godhead. It says there in the beginning God, there was God the Father. And in verse 2 it says, and there was darkness over the face of the deep, it says there. It says that the Holy Spirit was hovering. Do you remember? But is there anything happening? Nothing was happening even if the Holy Spirit was there. And I want to tell you, Holy Spirit is here. Holy Spirit has been in this land for the longest time. He has been here. But he is, not, but he is waiting. Because verse 1 is God the Father. Verse 2 is God the Holy Spirit. He's waiting. He's waiting for verse 3. Verse 3 says, Then God said, Who spoke? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Did you know that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father was at the beginning creating everything? They do not operate apart from each other. And that's how He wants us to operate. United with Him and united together. And as we speak the word, Holy Spirit will start. Amen? It is the power of God. Why? It's the power of God. It's the message that brings freedom and victory. It is the power to those who believe. Did you see that? That word. That is so important. Because victory is for all men, but not all men will believe. So that means when it comes to the gospel of victory, there has to be humility. We need to humbly accept what Jesus did for us. We need to junk what we've learned, embrace the truth, and humble ourselves in the mighty hand of God. It's when there's humility, we are able to receive. <clears throat> Do you remember the verse? God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Grace there doesn't only mean uh, uh, undeserved favor. Grace there means enabling power of God. It's when we humble ourselves. That's the time when the power comes into our lives. That's why the most powerful people on the earth right now are the humble people.
They're not flashy. They love the Lord. But they're powerful. They're powerful. Their prayers are powerful. Their words are powerful. Why? Because they've humbled themselves before God. And grace upon grace upon grace will happen. Do you want that? Enabling power of God. Paul said that by the grace of God, I am that I am. Everything is by God's grace. Aren't we blessed? Aren't we blessed? It's all a matter of knowing what Jesus did 